for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Hey, welcome to Animus Corner, bringing you another episode of Unanimous Decision. And today, who are we talking to, Bill? Hey, you heard what he said, Unanimous Decision. That's our exclusive interview series. And today, we got a good one. He is a member of a Grammy award-winning group who brought you the songs, So Much In Love, I Can Love You Like That, in that monster, monster smash, I swear. Today we have none other than Delius Kennedy of the group, All For One. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, here we go, here we go, man. We got one of our, our guests on. We got Delius Kennedy from the group, All For One. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Uh, on behalf of myself, Barry, uh, and our uh, our channel, and in this corner, we want to say thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the music that you blessed us with, you and your group, uh, the timeless music, um, 90s era. That's our favorite era of music. You guys were a part of that, and you are continuing to uh, flourish afterwards. So again, uh, from the beginning, we're going to go ahead and give you give you guys your flowers now. And again, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So, no Dillius, you ready to step into the ring? Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's throw some blows. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Dillius, you grew up in California, right? Um, not really. I am a, I'm a military kid. Military. Military. Yeah, so I yeah. kind of grew up all everywhere. Uh, every two years, we moved to a different place. But I did mm -hmm. have a couple of years in California. Okay, mm -hmm. so what were your musical influence? Well, since you were a military, you moved around. What are some of your mu uh, musical influences? My musical influences are actually very wide. So um, I, 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 Luther Vandross is like my, my sensei, the guy that I look at, you know, what's right, called it, right. but uh, Luther, Michael, um, Patty, and Olivia Newton-John. A lot of people were like, I don't understand that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, I was in Canada, living in Canada at the time. We didn't get a lot of black music in Canada. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I got turned on to Olivia and I'm always love the sound of her voice and her tone her tone is it's one of the things i credit my my voice is a mixture of like hers and luther's and then a little luther's. bit of pebo yeah. you know with yes, the power yes. of pebo yes, yes. so, so I, and I, I no i i hear the influences definitely when you say uh well two things number one i do hear the pebo bryson and i hear luther when i hear your voice on the tracks but also mm -hmm. um you guys would do a, a great job offer one with sampling so, and it, it showed your eclectic taste in music, being mm -hmm. able to dig through crates. So I want to ask, how did you actually link up? Because you were a military kid. How did you actually yeah. link up with uh, Jamie, Alfred, and Tony? Well, I had moved after college from uh, University of Maryland. I moved out to California because that was always my, my goal. My parents mm -hmm. were like, you got to get an education before you do anything. And mm -hmm. so as soon as I got the diploma, I handed it to them. And then when a month or two later, I'm like, and I'm out, which is kind of <laughs> crazy because I have a nephew now who's like 22, 23. And I wish he would say he's moving across the country. I'm looking at him mm -hmm. like, you are still a kid. So I know my yeah. mom must have been like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I just packed up. I saved like $900. I lied and told my parents I had two grand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to L.A. And uh, rent was six twenty five. dollars I had 300 no job, <laughs> no nothing. And that stuff, you know, was going back quickly. Yeah. And then after a year of being out there and struggling and people lying to you and, you know, I was like ready to come back home. 
when a friend of mine from, from high school was like, you know what? There's a karaoke contest out in the Antelope Valley. And I'm like, I can't, I don't have gas to drive an hour to the Antelope Valley <laughs> to do it. She's like, the prize is $977. So I was like, I could really use that money. Yeah. So I got my old beat up Mazda 626 that shook when you stopped at the stoplight, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I, I drove out there and um, I did the karaoke contest at the fairgrounds. And the first night I uh, tied with Jamie and Tony, I was mm-hmm. singing at this moment and they were singing uh, Ebony and Ivory, the black guy and the white guy, Ebony mm-hmm. and Ivory. And uh, we tied to come back for the finals and then we both lost and I was like, dang. And then Jamie, I think was like 18 at the time. Um, he looked like 16 because he was short at that yes, point. Yes. Um, and he was like, yeah, we have a record deal. And I was like, everybody in L.A. got a record deal. Yeah. And they nobody got a record deal, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, hey, hey, I give him my number. If you ever come down to the L.A. area, we'll hang out. And if I come back up here, I'll call you. We'll hang out. And then I, I sent that tape to Arsenio that I got because the consolation prize was a VHS of your performance, even though you didn't win at the karaoke contest. Mm-hmm. I, I FedExed that to a. Uh, to Arsenio because they had just announced his Flavor of the Future contest. And I sent that in and I got on that show and then I won the show. And then I got this phone call from this producer mm-hmm. on, on my voicemail. And he just left this thing about pretty much offered me a record deal on the voicemail. And I was like, they must think I'm stupid. <laughs> like you don't just come home and someone's offering you a record deal on your voicemail. So I called it back to see which one of my friends was playing a joke. I'm just playing along. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? And I'm being an ass to this guy on the phone. Yeah, because that's about right. Oh, is that mm-hmm. what they're doing now? Skeptical. And, and yeah, then he was like, well, it doesn't sound like you're interested in the, what you call it, in the deal. And I'm like, he said, but the guys, Tony and Alfred, that you met at the fairgrounds said to give you a call. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. Yeah. I was like, yo, you might <laughs> want to start with that. <laughs> I thought this was like a cold scam call sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So then, no, no, now I'm interested. And then I know what's real because at that point it was an independent label called Blitz Records. Yep. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll come down. And I sang for the uh, the president of the label. And then a month and a half later, So Much In Love was hitting on the charts. Yeah. Yeah. So so after after the phone call and everything was worked out, you guys got together. Three months later, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had a song charting. Mm-hmm. Um, was this your I can't believe I made it moment? Um, or I'm here good, moment? That, that's a good question. Not yet. Yeah, that didn't come till later. I, I was excited to see that stuff was rolling. And um, when the first time I heard it on the radio, I was like, wow. I was like, man, I can't believe, you know, there's a song that's on the radio. And I was like, we hadn't done the video yet. No one had seen us or anything. Only thing they've heard the song. Yeah, And then um, I think the moment that the I can't believe we made it moment, I don't even know when that moment, maybe it was the Grammys, <laughs> the Grammys when we sang on the Grammys with, uh, with John Michael, I was like, mm-hmm. and looking under the audience and seeing like in the front row, like Whitney looking at you on and Luke, I'm like, what is happening those, to me? Those are your peers now. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> just look at the back of the room, look at no one until this song is over. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I think that was the moment. But I've always one of my biggest I've, I've said many times one of my biggest regrets um, back in the day was I never lived in the moment. Yeah, because I was always waiting for it to end. I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. I've mm. seen this behind the music story. Nope, okay. not going to do it. 
Nope. So that, that's the that's the same energy you had on the phone call with the producer. So you just <laughs> <laughs> right. I think well, one would argue that skepticism it kind of allowed you to make the right choices, I guess, because you weren't yeah. believing everything. So it's once again a double-edged sword. But yeah. you mentioned performing at the Grammys being a uh, kind of a aha moment. Most people don't get a Grammy in yeah. their entire career, and I think uh, all for one grabs a Grammy out the gate with I yeah. swear. So after yeah. that, after that initial success, what were your thoughts going forward? Like, it's like, cause like I said, like one of my favorite R&B groups of all time, new edition, they, they yeah. didn't get recognized with the Grammy. So you guys have that out the gate initial success. What's your expectations after the Grammy? Um, expectations. I don't know. We were, it was such a whirlwind from the beginning of our career when so much in love took off. And then I swear right after. It was like, God. we've never really had a chance to, every every day was go, 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 mm -hmm. go. So you don't really have a chance to, to sit in your thing because 365 days of the year, maybe like 340, we were gone somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Always move on the move. So you don't really have a um, a chance to to think. Um, I remember when we won the Grammy, I, I, I remember thinking, man, from now on, when they introduce us, they have to say Grammy award winning. I really mm -hmm. like that part. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. then um, a friend of ours, um, who's like another mother, our second mother uh, to our family was like, you know, and she's an older lady. She, I looked it up when you guys won the Grammy. Do you know who doesn't have a Grammy? And she started naming people that I, I'm like, Madonna didn't have a Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Salt and Pepper, I think they just got there, right? You know, she named, started naming all these people. I'm like, they don't have Grammys? Yeah. It's like, you yeah. have a Grammy. I was like, wow. Man, I couldn't I, believe it. I'm familiar with the list and I'm not in the industry. I just know that's, yeah. not, that's not one of those things to scoff at. Typically the people who say Grammys, because at the end of the day, it's, you're uh, 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 against the jury of your peers. You guys yeah. are considered the the next thing. And I think individuals who have Grammys say it's not that big of a deal. But I think everybody <laughs> on the outside in, they wish they had a Grammy. So I understand the duality with that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But we got and, to do a lot of great things after that because it put us in another level, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. There's, I want to use the word famous. There's maybe credibility is a better word. There's mm -hmm. cred. There's it give you credibility. So we started doing things that helped build our, our profile. So whereas I always struggle with how to say this because I don't want to be like I'm putting anybody down for their career. I'm trying to think of we 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 started singing with Celine Dion's. Yeah. We were on we were on shows with um like Luther and Michael and um we got asked to do Bill Clinton's inauguration his mm -hmm. personal Arkansas yeah. ball not the overall thing but yeah. his personal one you know it's like mm -hmm. things like that is like wow they look at us as that that level of you know entertainers mm -hmm. so you kind of were you were in a sweet spot I guess I'm thinking about maybe like a um uh like you said Grammy award winning if I think about mm -hmm. sports NBA champion or yeah former MVP, yeah, yeah, you know, Russell uh, Westbrook, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, gives yeah. You, like you said, it gives you that credibility, but it puts you in a, a class where not a lot of people are. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you did, you guys did start, you guys came out smoking out the gate. I remember the first video, um, so much in love, got more, I always thought about doo-wop kind of, mm -hmm you know, sitting on the porch or side steps, do up, you know, a lot of, a lot of harmony with your group. And then I swear drops. Yeah. It's a wrap. 
<laughs> I swear it drops. I'm talking you guys tearing up the charts. Tearing, we tearing, yeah. tearing up the charts. What, we had no idea, man. Okay. That's 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 where I'm going. Where where, where was your mind at? We had no idea. That was the absolute last song that was added to the record. It was never supposed to be on our derby record. And uh, we'd finished our record and we'd done the mastering and the 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 artwork had been done and all that stuff. And uh, we went into the office of the president of uh, Warner at the time, Doug, Doug Morris. And uh, we just thought he wanted to critique on a song. He's like, I want to play you something. Tell me what you think. And we're like, you know, we're newbies. This big wig is asking us to critique something musically. He's like, this is cool. So he played us the country version yeah. of I Swear. Yeah. We're like, yeah, it's good. We love the lyrics and da da da. And he was like, I want you guys to record it. We're like, uh, but it's country. <laughs> Why would we record? We're an R&B group. Why would we record a country song? He's like, we're going to put you back into the studio with David Foster. And uh, he's going to do with it what he did with I Will Always Love You. I was like, oh. Okay, well, okay, okay. I, I understand that dynamic yeah, <laughs> of yeah. country versus, you know, I'm like, if you if you really think he can do the same thing with I Will Always Love You that he did to, or did what I will, that he did with I Will Always Love You to this mm-hmm. song, no one's going to complain. And I was already a big fan of David Foster anyway, because he was on all the records that I looked at. I was the type of kid that looked at the credits back in the day on the, uh, what's called, yeah. mm-hmm. and his name was everywhere on every Earth, Wind & Fire record, my girl Olivia's record, he did half her stuff, Shaka Khan, Feel the Fire. I'm like, oh, I know who this cat is. I've been seeing him since I was young. And so we went back into the studio and we recorded it. And uh, it's the most popish song on our, our debut record, which was R&B at the time. And we're over in London and uh, promoting So Much In Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, they yelled at us, they're like, we need to get you guys back to the States as soon as possible. We sent out the cassette of I Swear to as a promo to radio stations just so they can you know, give us feedback. And mm-hmm. radio stations started putting it on the air from the cassette. Yeah. They're like, we've never heard of that before from the cassette. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and wow. Uh-huh. And you talk wow. about it's, it's only like you said, David could have done well. He did what he did with "I Will Always Love You," but there was a bigger gap between those records, between Whitney's version and Do- uh, Dolly's. Yours mm-hmm. is it's a year gap. So like not um, even I think six months or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. it wasn't that long. Yeah. yeah. So so when you when you first heard the song, was it released already? Yeah, the country it was art. released. It yeah, was so, doing well on the country charts, but yeah. it was too country and twang to cross over to the pop charts. Yeah. So they were trying to find uh, an artist to do it. And uh, it was actually a fun fact. It was given to Gerald LeBert and he turned it down. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, read, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, thank you. Imagine Gerald. that. <laughs> he said the biggest I, I, mistake I, he made. <laughs> but you know, it's good. The good thing about that. Some mistakes are great. You know, yeah. some sometimes... A, a turn down because we typically ask this question um what are some songs that you guys maybe receive that you eh, we don't want it or a song that you received that somebody else turned down and there you go yeah and look what happened with that song so absolutely um so, so you you mentioned producers uh, and david uh, i always i used to read the back of uh cassettes and uh before cds i just used to read the back cases lyrics and producers and everybody Mm -hmm. involved there were super producers in the 90s though and i feel like um you guys are on atlantic prior to atlantic isn't what it is it wasn't what it is today right Mm -hmm. so then when you look at i think your ability to do a lot with not necessarily household name producers uh, so I, I, I'm looking at the second album. It's kind of the same thing, even though I appreciate a David, I appreciate a Steve Diamond. 
it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if you guys were able to get into the <laughs> studio with some of the baby faces of the time, the, uh, you know, the Daryls of the time, world. Yeah. yeah it, um, Jimmy Jam. J- Jimmy Jam, Terry yeah. Lewis. Teddy, what, Teddy. What, was that ever a ask from you guys or was it pushback from Atlantic or? It wasn't Atlantic. We were, we were on a, a You were a on an independent label. label. Yeah. yeah. So the Blitz Records, trying to figure out how to say this. Not that I really care what they think. Um, but they were very controlling. It was a one, kind of like a one-man operation, older white guy. Jamie writes a lot of songs. And mm-hmm. I was like, he would always take them and what we call sabotage them and destroy them. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is not, our demos were better than the ones that end up on the record. Yeah. You know, so we were just like, it was always the outside producers who got the singles because actually their production was better. Jamie actually hates production on mm-hmm. like second record and some of the, the, the third record. It wasn't until we took over ourselves with uh, um, A for One. A for, A for One and everything after that was when mm-hmm. you started to see the real, you know, offer one of what we were capable oh, of doing. Okay. But it was like before that he was like he called himself a producer, but he wasn't a producer. You yeah. know, he he liked the the um the credibility of saying that yeah, I've got this Grammy Award and Rack and I'm producer records. I'm like, please let somebody else do it. We were like begging, yeah. <laughs> like please can't somebody else. But he would never uh, relinquish yeah, that it, sort it, of a control. It, it would have been interesting. Like I always uh, there were some always... crappy records on some of those. <laughs> <There was> some, <laughs> it's like crappy. It's like I can't believe this is going out. After we have a Grammy. It was yeah. like, really? After the Grammy. Yeah. After the Grammy. See, and that's mm-hmm. why I asked, because typically after the Grammy, it gives you some uh, leeway to you guys ask and they provide. But yeah. I feel like it was a, it was still an uphill battle. Uh, they came guys. to us. I know yeah. Babyface had a, a wanted to do a song for us and we were excited. And we, then we turned that, found out that he's like, he said no. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Why'd you say no? We were supposed to go on tour with Janet Jackson for the, whatever the tour the NSYNC did. Yeah. She called and asked for us to open. And we're mm-hmm. like, let's do it. But then he's like, you know what? I decided it's better that we don't. I'm like, what? I don't understand. What are these decisions you're making? Can you imagine? And we 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 talked about this prior to the interview. I, I mentioned you guys came up in an era where social media wasn't a thing. So it was hard mm-hmm. to promote yourselves. But yeah. even in that case, there were still like um, barriers of entry or gatekeepers. If you yeah. guys had the tools that you have, like we have now with social media, do you even think you would get a chance to shine the way you wanted or would gatekeepers still kind of block you? Um, I think gatekeepers would have blocked us in a certain way because obviously they have all the control. It's their group technically. Mm-hmm. But um, us knowing more about it, about some of the opportunities that were coming our way, we maybe could have pushed more. I mean, we were young, so we didn't know what kind of pushback we could really give mm-hmm. either until, until we did. And so like, yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I hate that song. Yeah. You know, this is stupid, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, being the young kids at the beginning and being gone for, you know, like I said, the 95% of the year, just constantly keeping us on the road and asking mm-hmm. us to sign contracts before we go on to the stage. It's like, we don't have to, can we read this later? It's got to make facts back at this moment. It's like, <laughs> oh, what are you? Not knowing all that stuff is like, we, we kind of grew up after the second album, we started, you know, asking for things but we did have we got a chance to finally work with jam and lewis mm. um on i turn to you which is for the space jam soundtrack mm-hmm. um i still would have loved to have a baby face song everybody yeah, would have loved right, to have a yeah, baby yeah, face yeah. song in the 90s yeah, yeah. 90s yeah it's like, come on. <laughs> so 
Um, you, to, to, in my opinion, you guys, you guys had the perfect blend of R&B and pop because you can get a song, I swear, or I can love you like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of my favorite songs that you guys had was Down to the Last Drop. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite songs. I, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I listen to it often, at least two or three times a week. It's something about that wow. song that I, I just really like. I don't know what it is. It's oh, probably it's one of my song. favorite. Definitely top five songs songs that you guys have for me. It's a great and, um, song. Whenever we pull it out every now and then for live, the audience is just like, oh, I was like, maybe we should be singing this more. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You asked me, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. I, li- I really like it. Mm-hmm. But um, I was, as, as we were doing some research, I, I saw something where, and you can correct me if I am wrong, Jamie stated that you guys weren't black enough for R&B yeah. and not white enough for pop. Yeah. Um, do you think you get enough credit for being one of the biggest uh, groups of the era or from the industry from the industry no from the fans yes the okay. fans will will definitely be like you know legendary da, 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 all this industry wise i don't think so at all um wow. i know so just 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 by the way i can see them looking at us it's, it's funny every now and then we'll do a show with other acts and they'll kind of want to put us you know first or second, you know, it's like, yeah. why are we going first and second over this person who sold, you know, 500,000 copies or something and had only one song and da da da. Why are we, why are you putting us? And then, you know, we'll go and we'll just destroy it. And everybody goes crazy. Yeah. And then the yeah. common thing is afterwards, it's like, man, we should have put y'all later on. It's like, we told you that. Like how many <laughs> times do we have to keep telling people, yeah. you know, but yeah, yeah. industry wise, no, I don't think so. And yeah. you guys also, and maybe because of the diversity of the group, um, Color Me Bad always, um, I kind of always, not saying that you guys were the same, mm-hmm. but almost, you know, they, they came out with a, I want to sex you up, but then they have mm-hmm. a, you know, a, another pop hit. So I kind of like in both groups. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you guys have any influence with that group, any, or it's just? No, they came out before us. Um, yeah, yeah, they came out before us. Um, good friends mm-hmm. of ours. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, no problems with them at all. I actually loved a lot of their stuff. Um, we actually still tour with the uh, the members or the re- remaining members of Coming yeah. Band now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see them uh, tomorrow. They'll be oh, in where? Orlando. Oh, uh, they'll be in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. yeah, them, Lisa, mm-hmm. Lisa. Uh, oh, the freestyle. The Jets. Yeah, yeah the, Jets. the Jets. I love the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you mentioned you mentioned not getting the respect you deserve. I agree. Like I feel like, uh, but when you look at your catalog, there are there's some evergreen content there, and I think every artist mm-hmm. wants their music to be evergreen. All for one is that you guys have like what I I like to call like sticky songs in your catalog, uh-huh. meaning they like 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 Bill just said, for every fan, a different song is going to resonate with them. I uh-huh. think that I don't know if it was strategic or not, but I think you guys have ended up on the right soundtracks the right features on shows to where you're constantly in the Rolodex of um, everyone's memory because, oh, boom, I just saw The Social Network. I just watched Space Jam. I oh, just yeah. thought nothing to lose. Hunchback mm-hmm. of Notre Dame. I used to have that yeah. cassette. Um, or Despicable Me, um, yeah. the Family Matters episode, uh, the yeah. dance contest. So I feel like we, you can't, we can't escape your uh, like fingerprints. So mm-hmm. I, um, when it comes to that, like, you guys are already cemented with evergreen content and memories. Mm-hmm. What's the motivation now? Is it just to 
rest on, uh, I guess, the morals, or is it just to kind of like, hey, we already got this content out here, let the uh, audience kind of like rave with stuff like that, or is there motivation to continue making music? I think it's different depending on which one of us you ask. Mm. <laughs> I'm personally like, I don't really want to record anything else anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. music industry ch has changed so much. Yeah. I'm like, what's the purpose? Jamie's different. He's like, yeah, it's just app content to keep putting stuff out. And I'm like, why? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'm, I'm fine with just touring. You mm -hmm. know, let's just yeah. tour and what's called. But, you know, Jamie definitely wants to continue making music. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and you don't even get paid for music these days. Like it's, it's like that, and, but also you. I don't know if you, even if you get paid for it, it probably would be you guys releasing music you don't like. So I do think that the land, the idea of R and B has kind of changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so, even. Yeah, so it, it to to put out the music that you have an affinity for, it would be extremely difficult to check all the boxes where you're getting paid for it, you're getting recognized for it, and all of that. I I totally understand the dilemma. It would just have to be a song that I really love. Mm -hmm. Like if he comes to me with something like, listen to this song, I was like, oh man, I feel every bit of that music, every bit of the, what it's saying. I was like, yeah, I'll, Jamie, I'm in. Jamie's listening right now and he's like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, I, I, you had a very distinct voice. Um, I can always pick you out. Um, I always think about the bridge and your your you to me you had a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. Um so when I think about other groups, every a lot of groups they they everybody combined together for the perfect gumbo mix, I guess we could call it like that. Mm -hmm. Um was was that part strategic as far as the group as far as um because I can kind of hear Jamie doing some of the leads, but then you come in and you give us that huh? but then you go you got your other guys with the bass and so forth. Yeah, I don't think that was um, strategic at first, because um, on the first record, I was the new guy. And, you know, every every group has, yeah. you know, there was a, another member that didn't make it to the yeah. to the finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so much ago, right? So I was that guy that came in afterwards. Those three were together. And mm -hmm. uh, when they were recording, by the time we got to getting close to the end, I hadn't really sung any leads at all. I'm like, Mm. Well, I get to sing or he's like, am I my backgrounds? Because I didn't sign up for that, you know, because, yeah. you know, yeah. everyone has an ego. I'm like, when you know what you can do, it's like, I'm just behind. And Jamie was singing all the leads. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, I, I spoke up that I got the, down to the last drop to sing on that one or the song Without You that I wrote. You know, besides that, I think that was like the only two I did on the first record. I, I don't remember so long ago. But mm -hmm. then I Swear, which was the last addition uh, on that, they sent Jamie over to David to do it. And then Jamie, uh, David Foster came back and said, I can't do this whole record with just the, that, that one voice. It needs, it needs more. And mm -hmm. he's like, is there anybody else that can which call? And then they sent me over there and Dave was like, I don't understand. They're not using you. I was like, they're <laughs> not using me. Dreams. I, yeah. I can't say, when you were on the record, you, you uh, shine. I, I think yeah. um, I just yeah. remember back in the 90s that spot used to be reserved like if you had a deep voice and you were singing with that type of bass i just was like okay they got to be talking on the track like the bridge yeah. just, just go talk <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm like yeah. um but i i just remember that your segments being some of the most memorable parts of the song but also yeah. just as a group i think you guys yeah played. yeah James but that was yeah. that was david's thing so once once i swear came out and the dynamic of the first and the second came in then mm -hmm. 
that's where it started from there on out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely on I Can Love You Like That, because when you come in, sure. you mm-hmm. just like that, you, it, that I'm, t- I'm telling you, like you hear it, you, you love it. And again, it, you guys are 90s. You are the epitome of a 90s group. You know, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're able to cross over multi-genres. You come and give us the hunt back, hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You give us, I swear, like you guys, you had, for me, you had a career that um, a lot of people may have wanted. But again, from you looking on the inside, we weren't used how we should have been used. And we didn't get some of the producers mm-hmm. that maybe you guys got that we weren't able to get. So we had mm-hmm. to work extra hard to get to where we were. Okay. So, um, it was kind of like having a, 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 like a LeBron James who never had a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, you know, yeah. But he still was able to, he's able know, to circumvent succeed. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, I mean, I, I, to, to, to Bill's point, I think you guys spent uh, some of your prime years under leadership. It sounds like, if I'm reading it right, you weren't really comfortable with the independent label that you guys were signed <laughs> to, right? You, mm-hmm. uh, you, you distanced yourself from them. I think I, I want to say '99. I'm not sure. Like it was yeah. late '90s. Yeah, about that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, looking back, do you think, um? Because I'm looking at MCA and I, I I could think the only they didn't have a lot of experience with um with boy uh boy R and B groups mm-hmm. and then to do a joint venture with them from the gate it probably was designed for failure and for some reason you guys like a rose rising out of a, a concrete you guys made it but I I think you guys represent the minority because there's a lot of other telltale stories of R&B groups that probably signed joint ventures with MCA that we don't know to this day. So there's right. a lot of success there. However, looking back, do you think there's anything that uh, you guys could have changed and still enjoy the same success? That we could have changed and still enjoyed the same yeah. success. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think, like you said, being able and allowed to work with other producers during the uh, height of it. I mean, once you've already had, you know, a couple of hits and a Grammy, I don't think working with other producers will lessen you or anything, <laughs> you know, you're going to hopefully would only, you know, continue to build you up. Um, but we were, we were not allowed to do that in the albums. And I think suffered. And I think that's what led to the, um, the rift between the independent label and Atlantic because they didn't feel like they had what they needed to have a what's mm-hmm. called. So they were like, yeah, we're not going to, you know, work the third record. And we're unbeknownst to us, we didn't know what was going on, you know, because we constantly moving, constantly working until getting yeah. a phone call from our manager slash label, which is another thing. Yeah. Um, mm. um, exactly. Um, and saying that we don't need Atlantic anymore. I was like, well, what are you talking about? We don't need Atlantic anymore. And it's like, we'll be fine. I was like, what? We just released a record. We don't need a, a label. I think and, it, tra- and then, it translates to we don't have Atlantic anymore. <laughs> yeah. So then calling the Atlantic and not getting, you know, but up until that point, you can call Atlantic and talk to the president. No problem. Now talking to them and they're talking in circles, like, well, you have to talk to him. Well, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, well, the dynamic, the dynamic just changed. It's like, what's going on? So it's ne- most of the time when stuff like that happens, it's never the artist that's yeah. doing mm-hmm. it. It's usually people who are in a controlling position that ruin it for the artists. It's their mm-hmm. lives gotcha. that you're working with, but they're gotcha. the ones, you know, so that's what happened. Yeah. That's crazy. Insane. I think the fans suffered too, because I I, I mm-hmm. could remember yep. I, I was programmed as a kid, like as in 
the record labels had to pay for promotion to get the record in front of me. Like, it, like I'm looking at ads in magazines and stuff like that. And I do remember at one point you guys were prominent, like just in my face to where I couldn't escape the music mm-hmm. to where um, I guess after the riff started to widen uh, with um, Atlantic and uh, the independent label, it was, what was the name of it? It started with a B. Blitz. Yeah. Blitz. Blitz. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like you guys uh, kind of disappeared from you for a little bit. So yeah, where... well, like I said, they were very controlling over everything. Yeah. So even then with the hit records, when you're saying like magazines and all this stuff, mm-hmm. you never saw us in magazines because they yep. wouldn't hire a publicist. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like, why do we have a publicist to, you know, say we're the number one song for three or four months in a row. Yeah. And you've ne- you hardly ever see us on any magazine. I'm Others, glad you said and... that because it, it's like <clears> I, <throat> I, I would say all for one growing up, I always knew the music. But I could yeah. I could list groups that were smaller than you guys. And I, mm-hmm. I knew about them personally to where yeah. it felt like there was always a ploy to where these guys are very secretive. Like, I, you know, we you have to do some extra digging to find out who's who, what's the names, their ages, yeah. they're from. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, and that's it, like, still an issue for us today yeah. because a lot of people um, will know the songs. Mm-hmm. And and they'll assign it to somebody else. It's like, oh yeah, I know. I swear, but boys, the men's song, man. Mm. Like, I'm like, no, <laughs> that wasn't. Or she's got skills. When Prince put that out, right? Da, da, da. Mm. Like, no. It's like every song we have that's a hit has been assigned to somebody else because no yeah. one knew yeah. who. It's like that's that's a shame. It, it really that's is. Sh- that, that's that's really a shame because, again, they they could have pulled so much from your group. I mean. The diversity aspect, the able to go in and out of R and B, you could go into the pop, you can go. You had a country song that blew up, like yeah. blew up. You had Diane Warren on. You guys had every, but mm-hmm. you don't, especially with the Space Jam. Like the yeah. movie is huge, and I mean, you can see the you can see the choices too, because even with I Got Skills, it's on the first album, but nothing to lose is in '97. Mm-hmm. They, they choose to put. I like I got skills, but I would have probably chose a more recent record to like promote the group a little bit better. So mm-hmm. yeah, some some of those, yeah, like you you could tell there were some probably yeah. some uh, be, uh, poor decisions in the background that you guys weren't yeah. aware of. It, She's got skills was on the, our first record. It was our third mm-hmm. release from that record, yep. Yep. and uh, uh, again with the labels and all that stuff. So our songs were big. So, so much love was top five mm-hmm. or or number four, one of those. Mm-hmm. And then I Square came number number one for 11 weeks. They couldn't get, and then, um, yeah, they couldn't get um, I Square pulled off the radio so as to put another single. Like, we're already playing an offer one single. It's like, well, that's been five months now. This is the new single, and it's She's Got Skills. And mm-hmm. so She's Got Skills was actually, it only went to, I think, number 50 or 49 on the Billboard charts or something like that. But wow. in every market that it was played, it was top five. But as you know, in order for a song to get to the top of the charts, everybody has to play it yep. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So in oh. in June, July, what's call it? Dallas and the Southern states were playing it. And then when they came off of the record, then what's called, then the Northern states would play it over here. And then so yeah, yeah. it's like, we couldn't get everybody to play at the same time to get the chops, but it was a top five song in every market. Yeah. It was yeah, playing. Got you. Got you. <laughs> so with, with you, um, Delius, you got All For One. You got the Catalina Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I know at one point you're working on your solo EP. Then also flashback tonight. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So you've been yeah. able to spread your wings throughout the entertainment business. Um, how are you able to continue to reinvent yourself? 
Um, it's hard, hard, especially um, now. Um, I'm in Virginia Beach because I'm taking care of my dad who's got like advanced Alzheimer's. So I kind of left LA, which mm-hmm. is where I was doing all that stuff at. So it's a little harder yeah. for me mm-hmm. to, uh, to, like I can't tape flashback tonight right now because it's a live yeah. studio audience. So it's kind of hard yeah. for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Catalina Film Festival, I'm the co-founder of. So I'm mm-hmm. still working on that one, but um, hopefully I'll make it out there this year to the actual festival. I program all the films in the festival. Um, but they just had the writer strike and the SAG after strike or the actor strike. So we'll see what happens. No one's allowed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no one's allowed to do anything. Actors aren't allowed to attend film festivals. And I'm mm. like, geez. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I try to keep myself busy. It's been a little less these last four years since COVID and been moving yeah. back to Virginia. But you know, once it's time, I'll hopefully be able to do something more that's ex- that excites me, you know. Okay. Yeah, so well, we, um oh go ahead. No, go I was ahead. gonna say, man, we wish you uh obviously you know uh wish you the best um please you know your your dad you know we wish him all the health you know, great you. health and so forth but um uh we just man we we like i said we grew up on the music the music is a part of my life and they're there for me what makes a, a person a uh an icon or great what happens if you take the music away and I don't think if you take away all for one's music, I, I do think there there's a change in in the aspect of music in somewhat shape or form. Landscape of the 90s. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to uh, all for one, uh, what's the uh, I mean, any any opportunities for fans to see you guys in sync? I know you have a lot going on personally, also mm-hmm. uh, professionally. Um, are there any upcoming opportunities for fans to catch you guys? on stage together, whether it be touring yeah. or art. So, uh, yeah. absolutely. That- we've, we've never stopped um, touring. That's the one thing yeah. that through all the breaks and all that stuff of recording, we've always stayed on the road, whether mm-hmm. it's here overseas or, or so, um, we've never stopped touring and we've been touring, um, independently and with, I yep. love the nineties tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the nineties tour for, since 2015, which I can't believe is still going on. Um, people love the I'm, 90s. I love the 90s. <laughs> we love the 90s. They do. Apparently, yeah. I'm thankful. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say go to our website and you can check, find out where we're going to be at. But we've got, we're booked all the way till November already. So it's nice. a good, good opportunity to see us. Now, we'll and we're going that. out with 98 degrees in the fall. Cool. Mm. And it, uh, yeah, fans, make sure you check out their website. And then also, what's the, uh, how can they keep up with you guys on social media? Um, it's easy. It's all four, number four, that is one music. A L L number four O N E music. A lot of people of the years it's spelled off for one all F O R F O U I was like, it's not that hard, people. I, it's hard for me. I, you know, pause, but I, I, I do the same. I have the same problem. I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't t- till before this interview. I'm like, and it, it refreshed my memory. I'm like, it was a number four on all these albums. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. out here spelling F O R. Delius, thanks for joining us. Uh, we just lasted, well, you just lasted 12, well, we just lasted 12 rounds uh, with the chat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you feel? I'm good, brother. Appreciate it. All yeah. right. Yeah. La- ladies and gentlemen, we want to know what's your favorite memory uh, for All for One? Absolutely. Uh, leave your two cents in the comment section below. Also, mm-hmm. let us know who would you like to see on the show next? Bill, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the people have spoken. This is one of the groups that we've actually been, uh, people have been begging for and we made it happen. So yep. hopefully we could do that, uh, do the same thing. Continue. Other requ- yeah. uh, requests. Yeah. 
but y'all got to make requests. Go ahead and yep. uh, drop your two cents in the comment section. Uh, in addition, Bill, what's another way they can show support? Hey, y'all know what to do. Like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell so that whenever we drop new content, you're instantly notified. And right. hold on, Barry. Again, guys, I swear, so much in love. I can love you like that. That's all for one. It's not boys to me. Yeah. With the number four. Yeah. With the and, number it, four. and then With also the four. scream, scream loud and keep making those promoters pay for it whenever they put these guys up front. They need to be close yeah. to some of these shows out or mm -hmm. they need to be the middle of the pack. Like for yep. to have yeah, monster exactly. records like that, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how you set the tone because it's unfair to the people that have to follow up behind them. Yeah. So we've yeah. truly appreciated uh, you joining yep. us today, uh, Delius. Um, go ahead, uh, guys, make sure you follow them on social media and keep up with everything all for one. Mm -hmm. That concludes another episode of Unanimous Decision. Thank you for tuning in, guys, to Ann in This Corner. Everybody say peace. 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 All right. Um, all right. Hey, Delius.